You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. If you are so happy to be in church this morning, can you shout a living hallelujah? Darling Jesus, darling Jesus, oh my darling Jesus, you are a one. If you love him, sing to him. church every Sunday, right? Let's read something from 1 John chapter 3. Again, it's supposed to be a very short service this morning. 1 John 3 verse 1. 1 John 3 1. The Bible says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called sons of God. 
How many sons are here? <laughs> Therefore the word knoweth, not, knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Verse 2. Beloved, say yes. <laughs> this is scripture talking to you. Now are we the sons of God. Thank God it's not later. Now. <laughs> not when we get to heaven. Let me tell you something. God has no need. But he has always wanted something. Family. Angels can be a member of his family. They are spirits. So, the Bible says, and God created man in his own image and after his likeness. Angels were not created in God's image and God's likeness. They were created as ministers. The Bible says he made them ministers, flames of fire. But God was looking for somebody to fellowship with. So he created man in his own image and after his likeness. And he didn't stop there. At the cool of the day, it will come down. There is something. That's why that song is very, very powerful. There is no shadow you won't light up or something. Oh, that. Some people don't like the part of reckless love. <laughs> I used to look at that verse somehow. So, but then, no, that one. I understand what the singer is trying to say. Can you play that so I can? Do you know the song? It will come in the evening. In the cool of the day, to fellowship with man, he will leave his throne and he will come down to man. Somehow, this affinity it was so deep when he found Enoch. But the problem with man, man is never consistent. Can you remember some of the things we said last week? So, just shortly after that visit, that wonderful fellowship between Adam and God, then Adam had the forbidden fruit. And God will sit down on his throne. I, I just want these people, boys. I said they don't want me. And then, Adam gave back to Cain, and like that, then Cain killed Abel. Then after some three, four generations, then God found a man by the name Enoch. And again, the transaction started again. Why is it that he is never satisfied sitting down in heaven? He loves to come to men. Jesus said in John 14, If any man will love me, John 12, I and my father will come and make our abode with him. That means we come and make our dwelling place. Let me say this, the art God is more interested in dwelling in the art of men than sitting down on his throne. That's what we have found out in this world. Why would Jesus say, if any man will love me, we should call him up? No, he said, I and my father will come and make a dwelling place with him. You know why I'm sharing this with us this morning? Now, God has a family. And I'm a member of the family. I'm not a stranger. There is nobody here that the heavenly father does not know your name. Glory to God. <laughs> Some weeks ago, I shared that if you just jump into heaven today, 
God will not say to Michael, who is that guy? No. He's going to call you by name and say, you are welcome. Because he knows you. Hallelujah. The meaning is, fear is gone forever. If we are not afraid of God, then we are not afraid of Satan. Hallelujah. I'm at God. Every Christian is at peace with God. At least if you don't know it, God is at peace with you. When your name pops up in heaven, it's not to remember the wrong things you have done. When your name comes up in heaven, it is a sweet fragrance. God thinks of you as the product of the sacrifice of Jesus and is satisfied. The joy that you feel about your most expensive clothes feels much more than that. The blood of Jesus is the most expensive stuff and it was spent to get you. So when you say, Father, in the name of Jesus in the morning, there is joy in heaven that here goes the product. I spent my blood to get this and I'm happy. You know the way you care for your new phone? If your phone is a good one. The more expensive and the more functional the phone can perform, the more you treasure the phone. How much more the blood of Jesus Christ? Imagine what goes through the act of the Father looking at everybody this morning. I bought them with the precious blood. Jesus did not do superhero on the cross. Every lash pained him very well. Hallelujah. He was wounded for our transgression. Now we are part of the family. And there's so much joy. Give God praise. This is why every prayer that you pray has to be answered by God. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> this is why he will not suffer any evil to befall you. You are so precious to him. This is why what breaks your heart breaks his heart. You are so precious to him. Oh, glory to God. Why you think of things you still want to do for God that you have not done? The perfection you want to walk in that you are yet to walk in. Your heavenly father is so pleased with you. Because he looks at the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank God the lamb of God died. For me. I will tell you something. You can have your seats. God bless you. Hallelujah. Abraham did not know what it will mean to God. Whether God will for the sake for some reasons I've been emphasizing great things coming to your family because of you. And that is what is happening. Great and mighty things will be happening to your family because of you. Now it works. Oh, somebody missed a good place to say very loud, amen. And the goodness of God will lead them to repentance. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. The light in your life will be so bright that it will encapsulate the entire family, it will engulf them, and angels will be visiting your homes because of you. And it does not matter what anyone has done before you. 
your presence and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life will check out darkness from your family. Shout a living amen. Abraham was not sure that God will for the sake of one lot spare Sodom and Gomorrah. So he started with 100. In Genesis 18, God says, shall I hide my plan from Abraham? It's amazing how the art of God longs for man. See, ah, when this service is over, begin to sit down quietly and begin to fellowship with God. You can enter the realm of the Spirit effortlessly. Yes, we are trials in this world. Yes, we get tired. We are trials in this world. But take your eyes away from the world. If you have prayed about something and you have not received an answer, it can begin to discourage you from working in further things. Listen, learn to put your eyes on what is really important for other things will fade away. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? You may appear to be dealing with something that is not changing. It should not affect your joy because as you ascend in the spirit, the thing becomes smaller, smaller until it vanishes. Begin to work on having a very in deep intimacy with the spirit of God. He loves it. He wants you personally. So God strode by and stopped in Abraham's house. And Abraham fed God and God heard it and he was living. As if he was thinking, should I tell this girl, should I? A part of him loves to show man his plan. The Bible said the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he will show them his covenants. As he was progressing, proceeding to Sodom and Gomorrah, he stopped and he was, he was expressing a thought within himself and he spoke it out. Should I hide my plan from Abraham? And Abraham was standing. God was just thinking, should I? I know this guy. He's going to become great and he will command his children, Genesis 18, 19, to follow after him and they will worship me. He says, so don't let me hide my plan from him. I... That word, I know him, is very powerful. We are known in dimensions, but that's not for today. Are you following me? <laughs> there are steps to take on earth. They earn you a kind of pedigree in heaven. They know who you are, what you are capable of doing. At the end of the day, God said to Abraham that, you know what? I didn't want to tell you when we we're eating, but let me tell you now. I want to go and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Ah, Abraham remember Lord's. And what a wonderful man Abraham was. Lot just betrayed him and walked away from him. This is why we don't wish people evil when they walk away from you. And Abraham began. He said, okay, okay. If you find hundred men that are righteous, are you going to spare the city? Now, this will let us know the thinking of God. And God said, if I do, I will spare the city. Ah, so I think he moved to, I can't remember the figure he started with, moved to 50, then moved to 40, moved to 30. There is a story of redemption in that thing. Then he moved to 10, but his mouth was not big enough to say, supposing one. What he wanted to say was that, Lord, I have one cousin there, Lord. Can you have mercy just because of one man? But Abraham felt that one man might be too small. But you know what? If you were the only sinner in the world, Jesus would have still died for you. God does not deal with multitude. He deals with us as individuals. Glory to God. 
Listen. At times, God will not answer your prayer because many people are praying for you. 10,000 praying for you might not be, might not mean much to God like you praying for yourself five minutes. Did you get that? It is not that 10,000 people will now persuade him. God will now sit down and say, ah, finally, I think there are now 10,000. I should do something for her. Every time you say, Father, he hears you and he does not need any other 10,000 to pray for you. Can you say amen? You know what I'm, I, I, I don't intend to speak for long this morning. That sets you free just to know if you are alone in any pit or any situation and there's nobody around you, your heavenly father cares for you, you are not too small for him to care for. It does not go by number, it goes by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Did you get that? There's no shadow you won't light up. I was in secondary school, 1994. I was in SS1 or whatever, whatever, um, something like that, I think. The SS3 student then who were writing jam, one of them prayed. And he asked, he said, Lord, I'm not ready for this jam. Let them ship jam by six months. Go and check the history of Nigeria. The only time that jam was shifted by six months. A prayer of one person. Look, if I don't talk to you this way, there will be so many things that God wants to do for you. There is only one limitation that God has in dealing with men. God does not just do whatever he wants to do. He does things according to what man allows him to do. That is the only problem that is there. This is why I... Is somebody with me? I think it's in Psalm 78 verse 41. The Bible said they limited the only one of Israel. So it can be limited. They limited the only one of Israel. Now, there are stories I will tell you and I will just close with this. I, I, I'm trying to pass something across to every one of us. So if a person thinks that, ah, how can God stop, postpone jam because of me? How can he postpone it because of me alone? By that statement, you have limited God. Do you know that God can actually grant an incarnation to a heart because of a Christian? Jacob was journeying from one city to another. And the Bible says when they were journeying, when they were going, that the terror of God was upon the neighboring cities so that nobody will harm them. The terror of God was upon the neighboring cities. Abimelech took Abraham's wife. Abraham, Abimelech didn't do something wrong. Abraham lied that she was his sister. And within a month, all the women in the palace became barren. The guy had not even slept with her. And God appeared to Abimelech in the night and said, you know what? If you don't return that woman, you will die. And the king woke up and he was trembling. He said, and he told God, he said, God, but he said that, he didn't say she was his wife. He said, my sister. And God said, that is why I'm warning you. Because really you did it innocently. So you returned the woman. Now, okay, he didn't tell you that she was his sister. Now I am telling you. So return the lady. The guy woke up in the morning. He called all the chiefs. <laughs> he said, see what I see. And he was trembling. He said, this woman that I'm planning to marry, an angel appeared to me now and said that I would die. And by the time they check out the royal women, all of them were already barren. Because of one man. 
how far? But the thing about it, which is what I did thought I just want to get across to all of us this morning. Because when this meeting is over, we'll be daring God to do great things for us. Imagine God like an ocean. Imagine what to fetch. Imagine what to get as the container you carry to the ocean. Everyone that goes to the ocean will come back with something. If you take a cup there, you come with a cup full of water. If you take a tank there, if you take a keg there, and you know what? If you pass a hose inside, it will flow effortlessly. But the ocean does not determine what each person gets. Your container determines what you get. Did somebody get it? Redemption is provided. How much we walk in it depends on us. So God started showing this illustration. When the woman came in 2 Kings chapter 4, and she said to Elisha, I think this is the only thing I want to say this morning. And, uh, well, <laughs> you know, there's something about those who genuinely believe that God loves them and he cares for them. They will always see it. Because life will always be unto you according to your faith. This is why the right teaching is very important that helps you to have audacity. Where there is the spirit of God, there is liberty. True teachings that are anointed, they set you free. They make you to be able to ask God for anything with effrontery. Now, the woman came in first, Second Kings chapter 4 and she said that she was wife of one of the sons of the prophets. And she said, long and short, Elijah said, what do you have in your house? How many of you remember that story? Then she said, a jar of oil. Then Elijah said, go and borrow vessels, not few. Do you know that few vessels to somebody is not few vessels to someone else? So, she began to pour. And when she said to the child, bring another vessel and said, no vessel again, then the oil stops. The oil will go as far. You can let God be in your finance, but not in your health. You can let God be in your health, but not in your relationship. By the way, during worship, this came to me, and I will just say this in preparation for the evening session. There is no reason for any Christian to live in guilt. Now, I want to say this morning, in our days and our time, there are many unreasonable attitudes that are, that are creeping into marriages. And I want to say this, if you have done everything you need to do very well, and your partner, your marriage, your husband, your spouse is misbehaving or your wife, you are not going to be responsible. That's why we are going to stand before God as individuals, not as couples. Now, one of the things that the body of Christ has not mastered very well, some marriages did not wreck because the two of them were guilty. In some cases, only one person. Somebody can choose to be unreasonable, can choose to be selfish, can choose to be hard and wreck the marriage. Is there a second chance? We will look at that. That's the truth. Because I do know of a lot of Christians being trampled because the partner feels that because you're a Christian, you cannot walk away. Glory, Ro. No marriage can work with one-sided efforts. And within the short years of my life, I've had to warn some men. It will shock you. She will leave you. She will get another person. 
you will regret it for the rest of your life. Because some people are misbehaving and the other person is stable and everybody's warning you and you continue. Okay. You know, somehow, the fact that we are believers does not mean we are fools. So somebody cannot be trying to make the marriage work and somebody is trying to make it work is trying to kindle the flame of love. You are pouring water and pouring water and you think it will be like that forever. <laughs> that is all I will just say about that. I know too many Christians. I'm sorry to say, it's not from my own observation. It's more common with men. I know some that both the husband and wife, they are the same age. They were friends in school. Now they are married and he has become lord and master and boss and he does anything. He's the one cheating. He's the one coming out to use abusive words and everything. You think forever she will take that nonsense. If she's very patient and she's willing to take it, wonderful. But don't be surprised. You might just be shocked. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Because there is that thing in some people that once they feel the other person is a Christian and you, you, you have limited options, then they want to make life unbearable. Who says if she goes and she remarries, God won't forgive her? And who says God will not bless the second marriage? You want me to tell you how many preachers you listen to who have blessed humanity and who are on their second marriage? I am not advocating or justifying that. I'm just saying that let the two people realize that marriage does not take the effort of one person. The two of you must together. That's what I'm saying. There's nothing like you can do anything you want to do. Why the other person should just take all the nonsense you are pushing on, on him or her? There's nothing like that. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Oh, Lord Jesus, we bless you. It's all blessed this morning. The vessel you take there. So he said, Don't borrow a few. Now, I don't know how many the women, the, that particular woman borrowed. And I don't know how many vessels that you have in your life. What helps us to widen our scope and to enlarge our capacity? A teaching like this. If you ask a guy in a village to believe God for the good things of life, it will still be pointing to probably the valley of the village house, which is still a hut. Because that is how he can see. If you ask somebody in Lagos, maybe it might be pointing to, to him, five-star hotel might be like Sheraphim. But if you ask somebody in Singapore, all the things you consider as beautiful in Nigeria is nothing to them. That means there is no end to this wonder. That means we all have a work to do of make sure your capacity is wide and the word of God will help you to have a broad vision. The more you work with God, the more it shows you things far beyond yourself. So you are able to know that there is more. Hallelujah. You see, one of the reasons why people die, apart from diseases and so many other reasons, accidents and people also die when they don't have anything they are pursuing again in life. Because when the vessels stop, the oil will stop. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what I want to share with us this morning.
capacity. Enlarge your capacity. Don't limit God. And don't limit what you want God, what God can achieve. So, he wants to do so many things. But it depends on you. I will end this way. So, he told Joshua, I have given you, he mentioned about seven lands. Then now said that, everywhere that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given them to you. That means I'm giving you from here to Lekki. But if you are able to trek from here to Obalende, that is all you get. If you're able to trek from here to Yaba, I have given you everything. But the one you will possess is according to how many steps you take. Then your steps will, de will, de will depend on the hunger that is inside you. How passionate you are about conquering the land. This is very important. I have said this this morning because there is so much that the Spirit of God wants to achieve through you. And he does not want you to limit him by the little vision that you have. By now, if your vision does not wake you up, if there is no vision, if you are not pursuing something that is far bigger than yourself, you have not started the journey in this life. If everything you want to achieve in life, there are things that are possible by a little more effort, then your vision is so small. How many things are you pursuing that you know that only God can make this happen? And you dream of it every day. And when you are like that, God is committed to what you are doing. Have you heard what I've just said now? You know what I see? Somebody is working as just a caterer, as a janitor in one multinational. And in few months, few years, you own the place. You are teaching in a school and in a few years, you have a school times 10 of the size of that school. That is what we see. You know why? Jesus said, occupy till I come. If we are not thinking this way, we will not take this word for Jesus. The gospel functions on two legs. There is a preaching of the gospel and there is a taking territories for God. We need both. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you preach and you don't take some territories, they will do a legislative stuff that will restrict your preaching. We need it too. We can keep preaching forever. If all of you here who are in entertainment, you are not conquering Hollywood and Hollywood, as soon as we finish preaching, others will put something in our children that will counter what we have just preached. Are you getting what I'm saying? Do you understand the sequence now? That's what is going on in life. So I can talk about Jesus being the only way. A film can be done like they are doing now. Chunking a lot of films in Hollywood now that Hollywood now that can say that Jesus is not Lord, that in fact Jesus married Mary. And all those things are coming out now as films. And you, you know it's wrong because you're a Christian, but think of a neutral person seeing a beautiful movie, telling him that it's all, all the Jesus is a lie. And that is what they will believe. Natural why at times we try to disprove uh, the Bible. I've seen it many times. Come up with a documentary that the Bible is not correct. It's because of the hands that are holding the station. But they will not even attempt to do that with the other religion they know what they will get if they try that one. It's because of the hands holding it. This is why a very, every Christian has a promised land to conquer. There is a place you need to function. If you are not occupying that place, darkness will be there and it will affect the entire Christian body. There are areas. Are you following me? Blessed be the name of the Lord. We worship you, we adore you. Is someone blessed this morning? Give God praise. Hallelujah. 
every day rejoice in the fact that you'll be bought with a price and that God sees you through the blood of Jesus your flaws are covered does it mean you continue to live in them? no, nobody overcomes his own flaw by thinking about them you overcome them looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith understanding what he has done for us and following after he purifies us because you can never purify yourself and God does not want any one of us to carry a burden or guilt. Guilt will not let you be able to deal with evil spirits as you deal with them. Guilt will always make you think there is one more thing you need to add. Listen to me. I want to say this to everybody. From three days to seven days to all those things, we've done them and we do them from time to time, abstaining from food. Fasting, abstaining from food, does not necessarily put power over you. This sign shall follow them that believe. Mark 16, 17. In my name they shall cast out demons. If you approach a demon because you have abstained from food for four days without eating, and somebody approaches demon because the Bible says, in my name, the second will have a better result. The first one might not even have a result at all. For by strength shall no man prevail. Did you get what I've just said? When dealing with God and dealing with forces of darkness, remove effort. Just stand on the finished works of Christ only. Nothing can be added to it and nothing can be taken away from me. Satan, you have to listen to me, not because of I have fasted or I have not fasted. You listen to me because Jesus Christ conquered you and I have come in his name. That's what matters. Familiar spirit in our family, voice of darkness, I am not addressing because we've done biri biri for seven days. I am addressing because Jesus Christ conquered you and I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. I testify that Jesus defeated you and because he did, I stand in that victory and I command you, stop your manipulation in my family. When you speak like that, they have no choice. They have to stop. You have invoked something bigger than them that they cannot unravel. I will spoil principalities and power. There was none of them that was not present that day. The day Jesus came out of hell was the only day that there was no demon on earth. Like we said, I, I, I like saying that to people. Because all the demons were summoned. They all came to hell. Satan told them that he said he would resurrect. So he put all the powers of hell together and they pounced on Jesus' body in hell. It was hell down there. But <laughs> the Bible says, I will spoil principalities and power. There's a, a, a transition that says, Avon thrown off his body. They held him to the ground. But on the third day, the life that sought from him was too powerful. He came out. That was the reflection of it that you saw. That the stone that they used to blow the grave rolled away by itself. For an angel descended from heaven. And that angel must have been the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says it was full of light. He rolled the stone and he sat on top of the stone. Saying that resurrection is now possible. There is no stone again blocking Christians anymore. Hallelujah. He did not only roll away the stone. He sat on it to show that an end has come to an era where there is something between you and God. You know what? Resurrection did not only take place in Christ. Resurrection has taken place in you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I am in Christ. Hallelujah. When you sing, if God can open your eyes, many people join you in heaven to sing. When you sit in your house and you are singing, I have the life of God in me. I have the life of God in me. Something happens in heaven. They are scared. Why? A saint is singing. The redeemed is singing. Glory to God. 
when we are conscious of this, your confidence will be very high. And when your confidence is very high, you achieve so much in life. And that is God's plan. Not for us to live in fear, to live in... No, 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 no. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If you ever speak to any situation and it's not changing immediately, keep rejoicing and don't bother yourself about it. Sometimes some things will appear around you just to discourage. And when you look at those things, you are discouraged. When you look away from them, after a while, you'll be above them and so that there's nothing in it. If you ever speak to sickness and you still have to take medication, there's nothing to take. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't, don't think about it that you have failed or is it really working. Rejoice and believe in the fact that see, God's word is true. After a while, you will not need the medication again. After a while, you're able to speak to others' bodies and they get well immediately. You don't get what I've just said now. Is somebody free this morning? There's no shadow you won't light up. It's not like you heard me sing that song. <laughs> Is someone blessed this morning? Let's rise. Hallelujah. You know, when I was coming there this morning, I was just thinking that, Lord, we have a meeting there. Let me just talk to people about the love of Christ. Only for us to get to the prayer meeting in the morning. And that was all that was coming from the prayer meeting. The love. His love for us and then our love for him. Enjoying his love. Enjoying his love. One woman was asking God. She was planning to say, Lord, you know, I got angry in the office. I used the wrong word. I did not even pray very well last week. And after all the complaints, God just stopped and between and said, I'll be so happy with you. I love you so much. She was shocked. You know, God is a father. Hallelujah. Parents said they understand. When you look at your children, you just love them. Not because they do everything correctly at all times. You just love them. You might call them on something, but you still love them so much. You cannot say to your three-year-old boy, I told you to stop playing on the road. Now you are playing and there's a truck coming. Like, let the truck run over you. At least you'll learn the lesson of your life. No parent will do that. You will run and carry the boy. You might beat him later. But that moment you have to save him. Your name is at stake. Hallelujah. Oh, we we'll bless your name. <laughs> we give you praise. We give you praise. Can I say this to all singles here? Are you aware that your marriage is part of divine plan? God himself is interested in godly seed that are coming from you and your wife or your husband. Because they are the seed that he himself will need in the days to come. So, doesn't that change the prayer scheme? From somebody that is trying to beg God and bribe God and whine God, give me husband, give me wife. So the father, he just realized that, sorry, even everyone, they, they have a stake in this matter. They need godly seeds on that. Those who will share the gospel those who will represent Jesus and I'm one of the people who can produce godly seed hallelujah do you know that God wants you in that office more than you want to get there likes of you are not many that's why Jesus said now are we the sons of God it does not yet appear he said but when he appears we shall be like him now are we the sons of God now I'm with the sons of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
you know, I told of this evangelist, I used to know when I was in the north. He was coming. Those days when they used to rob on the road, going to the north, and they were shooting on both sides. Everybody that time started praying. The guy just sat down and started eating grand nuts. And he said, Lord, every day I win one soul for the kingdom. He said, people like us are not many. So waste this one and miss. Miss him forever. And he sat down. People like that won't die. But you know, this is that a side of the, the deeper side is even that even a Christian that is not winning soul, that is not a yastic. That will make God still abandon the person. Isn't this wonderful? Glory to God. Are there people here who are still doubting whether you will make heaven or not? There is no other CV to tender at the entrance of heaven other than the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's all. You see, if anybody knows this and is going about doing something wrong, then he does not know it. Those who know the uh, purifying power and the sanctifying power of the blood of Jesus will never go back to any wrong stuff. Okay, I have known that I've been forgiven. I know that God has nothing against. Why am I not going about doing something wrong? If you see a Christian who listens to a message and it feels like, oh, so we are liberal to do something wrong, you don't know Jesus and you are far from him. That's the truth. Nobody who knows this wants to do something wrong. On the contrary, you want to set others free from the burden of guilt and let them know that, see, the way of guilt is not the way to get out of a problem. The way of boldness and love will set you free forever. That's the truth. Did somebody hear what I've just said this morning? When the service is over, how are you going to pray? Humbly we come or boldly we come. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. You know, I said that somewhere and the people I was preaching, they did not like it. Maybe they are more of orthodox. It's not about denomination. It's about Bible. The Bible says, let us come boldly before the throne of grace. This is God asking you to come. But you are saying that humbly we come. You must know something that God does not know. The one you are coming to me say, come boldly. You can't go to someone's house and be dictating things to be done your own. I mean, you, you want... You, you can't go to someone's house and want them to operate in your own terms in their house. If you go to their house, you operate the way they operate in that house. Say, your neighbor's house. Say, in, my, in my house, we put our leg on this too. So bring your table. I want to put my leg on it. You don't do that. You are going to meet your Heavenly Father and He says, come boldly. But you are saying that humbly I come. Maybe that is why so many prayers are not being answered anyway. The protocol for intruding to his prayer is already wrong. Lift up your chest. Say, Father, I come boldly. With boldness in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now you are aware. Never say, who is with you? Somebody is calling you. Hey, Tracy, how are you? Are you alone? Never say, yes, I'm alone. You are never alone. Jesus said that I will never leave you. I'm with you until the end of the age. You are never alone. Say to the person, am I the only physical person alone? There? Yes. Are you alone? No, I'm with God. And the host of heaven. For you have come to Mount Zion. You have come to innumerable company of angels. You can't be alone. You are insulting the Holy Spirit when you say that. Of course, you understand what you are trying to say, but let's, let's not use words like that. How can you be alone? You are never alone. You are never alone. 
When you sit down your bed, you are not the only one at home. This will drive away fear from some people. They switch off the light. You are thinking about all the demon, demons and all the horror films that you have seen. You are afraid. There are people watching me right now, those who are listening to me here. You are afraid of staying alone in a dark place. What is scaring you? Anytime light goes up, it's as if something will catch you. The thing has not caught you for years and you are still afraid. When eventually will that thing catch you? If I go born again, I set myself free one day. I was a young guy that I used to be afraid of staying alone in dark areas. So one day I decided, that what is this thing that will catch me? Catch me today. So I switched off the light and I laid on the bed. I was afraid, but I refused to leave. After about one hour, nothing happened. I just, that was how it broke the fear that day. I was not even born again then. I was just myself, what is it, self? How long will I be running for something I've never seen? Okay, let's see that thing today. So I put up the light and I was on the bed. Of course, it's time we play tricks on your mind. The curtain will blow a little. And I said, they have come. Then you hear the sound of an insect under the bed. Not just your mind playing tricks on you. Stay there. Nothing is coming out. <laughs> Once you gain, then you are, you are that, that's all. You see, in SS2, I went to Lumorog. There was no lift then. There in Lumorog, like we have lifts now. We have elevators and they spawn to the phone now. The phone that used to be that you climb yourself and you'll be shaking. You'll be like, houses will be so tiny like this. And then the last place to get the top of the rock is flat. You can run across the top. It's very flat, like very wide. Maybe about this length of this hall. It's flat like that. But before you get to that top, now at the top, this flat top like this, then there is a rock here at the edge. I don't know why it has not dropped. It's at the edge like this and it has not dropped. So, when you climb to this place, you have conquered Oluma. Now you are a superhero if you climb this one. Because it's at the base like this, as if it will fall, but it's, it's, it's been standing there for hundreds of years. When I went there, sincerely, as a, a young boy in secondary school, we cried. They didn't force us to go. We went there, but then when we got to a point, we were, and those idol worshippers, they had some men there, you paid them, they were up so they carried us. We got to the top, we stopped crying, we relaxed a little. Now, when it was time to go back, we began to cry again because we were passed through the same place. So one day, I was in hundred level or so, and I drove. So I came to Abeokuta from UI, and I was free that day. So I drove my mom's car to Olumorok alone, and I paid, and I climbed the rock to the topmost. So I stood. So I looked at the one ear. So I met two guys on, on top. They, they said, are you going to climb that? I said, let me try. So I climbed it, and I stood at the pinnacle like this. Oh, I felt the feeling was serious. I said, I see my conquered the whole world. So I went to pick my friends a week after. I said, let me show you something. So we went to Lumoro. We got there, they were still shaking. I just climbed like a superstar. <laughs> I, I told one of them, stay down. I said, you will see me on top of that one at the, at the tip. You are going to see me there. So I stood like this. When I came down, I see Jesus just came down from Mount of Transfiguration. They were shocked. The respect was there. <laughs> Even though it didn't last more than one hour or so. But the look on their face were like, ah, 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 how did you do that? Oh, the feeling was so good. I said, you see, when you follow the lives of us, you learn things you've never known before. 
If I go to Olumorog, like I can climb over and over again, I conquer that fear by just facing it. Never tolerate any fear in your life. Never tolerate any fear in your life. Lord will bless your name. Is someone blessed this morning? Lift up your hands and give God praise. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Jesus. We give all the glory. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.